What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Always Two. There are a Star Wars discussion po- hmm. podcast. <laughs> I'm Josiah here with my co-host Steven. Hey guys, it's good to be back. It is so good to be back, guys. It has been a long time since we were in the studio. Um, I'm so sorry. It's completely my fault. Um, I started college. And oh, you're such a baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting like four years late, so. Oh, you're such a baby. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I started college and with work and homework and commitments yeah. at church and all the things. I just have not had the time to record, let alone edit. And so we've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. We've scheduled to record once a week for the last month month and a half ish and it's always something it's always something anyway but now we're back we are here in the studio that's not a studio and we are we're here to talk about solo a star wars story finally resuming our movie discussions hey for for the people that are discovering us years from now that are listening and binging through all these episodes and no time has passed um you just you don't understand what it was like. Just imagine like having to wait a month in between podcasts. Really, it's like having to wait a year in between Infinity War and Endgame, where like most people that are watching it now don't they don't, they don't, don't have experience to do that. that like That's that true. year of of yep. uncertainty. You know, like I'm sure our one loyal listener really thought we were done and that 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 was our final episode, but we're back. We are back. Couldn't take us down, <laughs> loyal Gosh, I wonder. Listener. I wonder what's been going through Washington's head. I, I'm, I'm not convinced Washington's a person at this point. Why not? We called him out several times on the podcast, and they never reached out to us. That could be why. Possibly. <laughs> they just turtled right up. All right, guys. All of that being said, we're here to talk about Solo Star Wars Story. It's going to be great. Let's get into it. All right, just say. Uh, Hold on. Intro music. Okay, Josiah. Yes. Steven, you didn't have to pause for a full five minutes. We could have just edited okay, the intro you music. You wanted in. me to pause for the intro music. <laughs> so I did. We okay. sat here in silence for no I'm gonna have to cut that out. Yikes. Okay. Real fast, okay. what are your general? Uh, what's your general opinion about Solo? Because it um, was a controversial film. They're rewatching it now. I did watch it like literally earlier today. Um, when I first watched it, I had no problems with it. I really loved it. Um, watching it now, uh, I'm kind of on the fence with it. There were some really good parts of it and some really really campy cheesy parts of it that kind of pull you out of it a little bit, but. All in all, it's uh, it's pretty good. What about you, Stephen? Well, I haven't seen it in like two years. I would like to just apologize for my co-host's lack of commitment to this podcast and our fans. Uh, I am very committed. Anyways. There was a lot going through my head that I chose not to say uh, about this last four weeks. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, but when I first saw it, um, I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not, but I remember thinking, like, 
I didn't know how I felt about another movie that's like in between the Skywalker saga. And like with Rogue One, I really enjoyed it. They were all original characters. But Solo was about Han. And it was his origin story. So I was like, I don't really know if I want to know his origin story. Like, and I know for a lot of people, it kind of ruins the mystique of his character, especially since he's the roguish archetype. They're supposed to have like the mysterious shady background. But so I kind of went into it just like, I hope it's just a fun adventure. I don't really care what they do with him as long as they're not like, as long as they kept like certain key things, which they did, which was he used to be in the Imperial Navy. He used to be, and then he got disillusioned and left. He's a deserter, that kind of thing. So uh, he got the Falcon in a card game. Uh, so I, it, to me, it, it was that fun adventure. So I really liked the movie and in the times that I've seen it since like you, there are some things that I really like about it. And there's some things that every time I see it, I like less and less. Yeah. Yep. Um, I really, before we get into the, the questions, um, I do want to talk about just real quick. I don't know the actor's name. Um, but like the guy playing Han and like his performance as Han Solo, I feel like a lot of people had a problem with it um, when it first came out because it's like it wasn't Harrison Ford, right? And yeah. I think the the important distinction that most people don't make is that he was never trying to play Harrison Ford. He was playing Han Solo. And I think in that case, he did a really good job. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, d- I do remember enjoying his performance. He also had the hair for it. Yeah, like there there are moments where it's like you can't – like you're, you – you don't notice that it's not Harrison Ford. Like you were, you can fully believe that this is a young Han Solo. Yeah. And um, except for like he dresses way better than Han does in the original trilogy. It's true. So he lost his sense of fashion at some point. Yeah, it's true. Well, that was when he got quote unquote married to Chewbacca, and they kind of settled down. <laughs> and you know. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Oh, that's not where I thought that sentence was going, but okay. (laughs) Big air quotes around, you know, married to, but... Yeah, anyway, um, not where I thought that would go. And then you had uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. It's it's Donald Glover, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, you had... Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. This is America. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, Donald Glover playing Lando, who did an amazing job. Uh, what, you disagree? No, when you said who did an amazing job, my ears heard who Houdini'd. Houdini. Houdini's. <laughs> Not that, just Houdini. I'm like, how is Houdini working his way to <laughs> No, no, no. Um, I, I think, yeah, the two characters that were playing... The two actors that were playing legacy characters, I think, did a really, really good job. I will say, I think Donald Glover did a better job. Um, like, not just playing Lando, but playing... What's his name? The guy that played Lando. The original? Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Playing his... Like, playing Billy D. Williams, playing Lando. 
Like he did a, just a really good job all in all, all across the I'll board. I'll say Donald Glover's blah blah blah. Glover. Donald, Glonald Dover. <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I'll say that Donald Glover's wasn't his performance wasn't as like smooth as Billy D's it was. And when you see like Billy D has done a couple like commercials. Where he does, he plays like kind of the smooth talking, the nightclub player type. It, it's just it's so on level with Lando, the, the actor, and the character are synonymous, at least in my head. So like I see Billy D. Williams, I see Lando because he's just that good at playing kind of that smooth talker. Yeah, and uh, Donald Glover. He didn't have that kind of like romantic smoothness. He had. Well, I more... think he was romantically involved with a droid, and that may have been why. Probably, <laughs> but um. Otherwise, I did like his his character. He did a good job of playing kind of the the quick sleight of hand kind of. Continue. Anyways, he played the good, quick, <laughs> sleight of hand, can get anything past you kind of character. Couldn't get it past Han. Nope. Please. Steven, who is your favorite character from Solo, A Star Wars Story? <sighs> Do you stop making noise? That was easy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, I actually think I found uh, Kira to be the most interesting character. Just because I was really curious, like, what happens to her? How does she end up being a lieutenant in the Crimson Sun? Dawn. Crim- Crimson Dawn. What's Crimson Sun from? I mean, Red Sun is from Superman. Huh? I'm not a DC person. Anyways. You're right. Because DC doesn't have Nazis. But Marvel does. And that's why you're a Marvel fan. Hail Hydra. Anyways. um, I did. uh, She was the most interesting character. That's valid. I also really want to know how she gets out of bed with Maul. (laughs) The beginning of that sentence had me really confused. Um, <laughs> and then you got the you got the saying. I hope it's a common saying. What? What I said. It's a common saying. Anyways. No, I know, I know, I know. I got it. I oh, got good. it. It just like it was really confusing at first. Anyway, um, <laughs> child. Yeah, uh, Kira's pretty great. I feel like her. Her character has very little depth until the last act. Yeah. Um, because like they play her as just like the love interest for most of the movie. Well, I, I also think that like early on she's just supposed to be like the. She's just a, a naive, innocent girl who's been. I mean, as naive and innocent as you can be, growing up in the streets and part of a gang, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, but 
She's the she's very ignorant of the wider world around her. She's young and naive in that sense. Any, okay. Um, I'm glad you got a laugh out of that. Anyway, um, yeah, I do. I really love what they did with her character at the end. It was just like interesting and. It kind of it, it gives you a reason for why Han is the way he is going into the original trilogy. Yeah. And like his experiences with Beckett and with Kira, like teach him to like really not trust anyone. And even like giving that little bit of insight into like he doesn't think he's the good guy, but he always ends up being the good guy. All that goes to say, yeah. Um, I think personally, I'm going to have to go with Han Solo for this one. Um, just like I did for most of the original trilogy, but I never realized how much of a Han Solo fan I was until this podcast. Um, are you a bigger Han Solo fan than you are a Cal Kestis fan? No. Starkiller fan? Nope. Not even, not even close. Okay. Not even a, not even a little tiny, little teeny, teeny, tiny bit. Okay. Like literally, like Han Solo is here, most Jedi are here, and then Cal and Starkiller are way, way up here. This is great uh, podcast audio, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I just I really like out of all the characters in this movie, I really like. I love Han Solo. Uh, I love the like the roguish, like always trying to find a way out, always. Like, literally, like, literally never giving up, period. Like, not even until the last minute, just, like, period. Um, I will say, honorable mention, uh, before we move on, Rio, absolutely great character. So, for those of you who have seen the movie recently enough to remember parts of it, you know, like, I significant characters, Rio's the, uh, the guy with the four arms, the pilot, before he dies. And then Solo takes over as the pilot for the crew. Oh, yeah. Is he the same species as the pilot in uh, um, Fallen Order? Possibly. I don't think so. See, yeah, because Rio has more of like a a chimpanzee ape looking face. Whereas the pilot in Fallen Order cannot remember his name. He does not. Reese. Reese. Greece. Greece. Oh, that's right. His name is Greece. Yeah, he Greece does not have a face that looks like any kind of earth-based animal. Ardenian. Rio is Ardenian. So totally different species. Yep. Okay. You're racist. No, I'm actually not cuz I was able to tell that they were different species. Because one looks like a monkey, the other does not. That's Greece. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Greece with John Travolta, and uh, I can't remember her name. He has four arms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah, so, no, uh, Rio is... You already forgot, didn't you? Ontarian. Ontarian. Aquarian. Okay. He's an Aquarius. And Greece, <laughs> you could say and he's then, an Aquarium. And then Greece is actually a Sagittarius, and that's why they don't get along, because the stars aren't aligned. Okay. Um, I'll pull the answers out of what audio was left there. Anyway... It. I think Rio was really Rio was really fun. Um, I'm a huge fan of John Favreau, so love getting to see like him, him in any any capacity. And yeah, Rio's just a just a fun part of the environment for the movie. For the I did like him. I like the incredibly incredibly short amount of time that he's in there. Um, I'm sorry, but Beckett's lady friend I can't even remember her name is terrible. Just the worst character ever. Really. Um. She just has no depth whatsoever. Like her character is, she is like she's there. Beckett's like she's Beckett's like right hand woman and sacrifices herself for the mission, which is money. And yeah, she's there to give him like the sad backstory. Him being Beckett. I mean, it just and then it didn't. He didn't really get affected by it for the rest of the movie. Is well, then it comes out that Beckett's just a terrible person that doesn't trust anyone. That's true. Which means she'd have died eventually, anyways. Yeah, and yeah, her, her character was just, her. just 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 mad all around. You know, that's one of the things that I like less and less about this movie. Each time I watch it, is the whole concept of the coaxial fuel. Because I don't know the idea that. There's only one hyperdrive type of fuel out there. Just doesn't sit with me for some reason. I don't know. What do you think? I don't. Just... I have no thoughts whatsoever on that subject. Oh. Uh, it just seems from a world building perspective. As long as things go boom and I laugh, it's a good movie. <laughs> I mean, agreed. But from a, a world building perspective, it just seems to me like. There would be more than one grade or type of fuel for uh, hyperdrive engines. And that might be a driving force why there are different types of hyperdrive engines. Not just manufacturer or like oh, this one go a little bit faster or something. But this one, because you know, in the real world we have diesel engines. We have engines that mostly run off of the same fuel we have some that run off of ethyl fuel and stuff who's just, ethyl hmm? Hmm? what about ethyl you brought her up i don't know who that is just some old lady you shove in your gas tank <coughs> <coughs> steven i'm gonna have to ask you to leave <laughs> okay thanks i've been wanting to get out of here oh, oh that hurts me deeply <laughs> um anyway uh Anything else to add about the characters in this movie? Oh, you know, we haven't talked Dryden about Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss was... I love his character so much. I love... He's a good villain. I love... Oh, I forgot his name. Not feel terrible. Vision. Ultron. Paul Bettany. Yes. Uh, amazing actor. Amazing actor. Um, I'm so sad that his character is dead. Because, like, I would totally watch a Crimson Dawn show. Like about about Dar- uh, about Maul, Dryden, and Kira. 
That would be an interesting show. Who in this show? Who would be the protagonist? Or probably would it probably end up being Kira, just with the way Disney is. True. Um, who would be the main character? Probably Kira. Because those can be two different things. Because like Maul knows, Maul knows Kira like personally, and so like yes, they or have at least done knows of her. They no, they like when he talks to her, he know he knows her. Oh, uh, that's why I said uh, knows of her because. My assumption was always just he knew her as one of Dryden Voss's lieutenants. And then when she's like, Dryden Voss is gone. He's like, okay, you're in control. Now I work with you. That kind of thing. Yeah, I'm so... There's this huge gap in Star Wars lore with Maul. There is. It goes from, from episode 7 or season 7 of Clone Wars to this movie to his uh, his involvement in Rebels, which right. he so in Rebels we see Maul with like a little like base on Dathomir, right. The assumption being that he's running the Crimson Dawn out of this base because in the in the movie he says, "Come to me on Dathomir, and we'll sort this out and whatnot." Right, and I it's most likely just because it's his home planet, and now that the Night Sisters are gone. He can probably just take over their old base of operations. I mean, yeah, we see it in Rebels. We do? They go. He takes Ezra there. I don't remember that. I'll have to rewatch Rebels. That's where they get the Darksaber. He takes Ezra to his base. Sabine finds the Darksaber. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that whole seer, uh, that arc on Rebels. Yeah. I don't remember them going to Dathomir. Yeah. Okay. I also wouldn't mind a live-action recreation of Obi-Wan and Darth's final duel. That would be nice. Though I think I would prefer it in, in the format of uh, the Scene 38 remake, where it's just a bunch of fans doing it rather than Disney. I want it to be higher quality than that. Scene 38, as cool as it is, fairly low quality. I mean, some of the... I want to. I want to. I want to see Ray Park fight you and McGregor. Sure, is what I want to see. Sure, voiced by Sam Witwer. The, sure, the the greatest Star Wars actor on the planet. Agreed. Sam. Oh, I thought great. you were gonna fight me on that. No. Cool. Sam Witwer is welcome by back far to our Sam Witwer podcast. Awkward. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, uh, Stephen, I know you don't have an answer for me, oh. but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the question anyway. Hold on. We never talked about the droid. Of all L three, of all the characters, we never talked about L three. Right, L three. Yeah. What do you think of L three? She's the most lifelike droid in Star Wars as of yet. That is true. Um, so lifelike, in fact, that it's a little Lando just can't help himself. Um. This is a PG thirteen podcast. Her uh, her conversation with Kira is hilarious. It's a little awkward because you can see it in Kira's face too. She's just like because uh, she's like I don't she's know. Like, so how are you doing with your situation? And Kira's like, what? And she's like, oh come on, I can tell that you know your your tattoo or whatever means you're committed, but the the boy like his heart rate would suggest that he's in love you with you. And Kira's like, he's not in love with me. And L3's like, don't worry, I'm in the same boat. As you can probably tell, Lando is just head over heels for me. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? 
Yeah. And then Kira's like, how would that work? And Elton just goes, it works. Yeah. That's all. That's Like I said, it's a little awkward. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't tell if I like or dislike her character. It, it's one of those, I'm kind of on the side of she's just a little too lifelike to be an enjoyable droid. But, like, as far as, like, the characterization and the personality goes, I like the character. But for being a droid, I don't know. If she were a cyborg, then it'd be fine. No, we don't want to touch cyborgs. She's not a cyborg. Star Wars has done cyborgs well one time. um, And really terribly every other time they've tried to do it. The, The Dark Troopers in Mando are technically cyborgs. Okay. They're all powered by the brains of uh, 501st clones. No. Yep. Oh, my God. The Empire took the five, several of the 501st clones, took their brains and spinal cords out, and put them in to the Dark Trooper uh, armor robot getup. So when Luke is out there crushing them and stuff, it's, it's like... No. It's it's well, yeah it's if you can't beat them, can you imagine if just one of those was like, uh, who survived? Did they all die except for most of them died? Did because fives died, heavies died, they all died except for Rex. Just what if one of them was Rex? I won't believe that. I that's not Rex. We know that Rex no, is. We don't know that. When's the last time we see Rex? Depart, waving goodbye to, to Ezra. Shortly before the Battle of Yavin, Yavin, Yavin. Wait, what? Whenever he and because he joins the rebellion, at the end of Rebels, right? And he's part of all that story, but I don't think he stuck around afterwards. I think he, Wolf, and who's the third? Gregor. Hmm. Gregor. Gregor. I think they all went back to the lives they had made for themselves. You mean sand fishing? Yes. Because they got the upgrade. They went from their uh, clone era AT-AT to the Imperial AT-AT. Still one of my least favorite episodes of the entire series. <laughs> yep. But I think it's the setting. Those planets. Those, like, void, nothing but desert. I don't know. That episode of Clone Wars was pretty great. That's where we got Gregor. <laughs> I mean, that is that is where we got Gregor. But it's just the planets themselves are, well, boring. It's fine. Just fill them That's with the interesting characters and stories That's like true. they did in Clone Wars. That's true. Like they didn't do in Rebels. <laughs> was it the same planet? like they had gregor so ostensibly they'd have found gregor on that planet we need to do some digging because i'm actually interested in this anyway we're not here to talk about star wars the clone wars or star wars rebels we're here to talk about your favorite line in solo my favorite line in solo um so i watched this now this is pod racing i hate you (laughs) It's my favorite line in Star Wars. 
I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Whoa. Said the one. Said the one biker in Tatooine. Yikes. <laughs> you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, favorite line in Solo a Star Wars story. Um I really like the line from between Solo and Kira in the elevator going up to Dryden's uh suite. When she's telling him like, "Hey, this is a bad idea. This isn't going to work. You can't predict everything like whatever." And he just like, "Well, because he's like so blindly optimistic. He's like, well, you don't know everything. And she's like, no, I don't. Just a little bit more than you. And it's like foreshadowing how she's like playing everyone behind their backs. Almost sounded like him right there. Do it. The Do attempt it. of my life has left me scarred and deformed. <clears throat> okay. <Wah>. Josiah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I really like that line between between solo. And run, Kira. Um, there's a line. Uh, the the interaction between Beckett and Han is really great towards the end, when like Beckett's like mid speech and Han just shoots him straight in the chest, and he's like, I, he's like, you made the right move, kid. I would have killed you, <laughs> and everyone in the movie theater is like, I'd have killed you too. Um, there weren't, there's not a lot of memorable lines in this one. Yeah. That's why I said earlier that like, before we recorded that I don't really have a favorite line. I don't believe you because you haven't seen the movie in two years. That doesn't count. And none of the lines are memorable to me. I don't remember any of them. Like it's my least favorite of the star Wars movies, not including the sequels. Really? Really? Wow. So it's just, just, there's nothing. I don't that think that sticks that's out to me. It's a fun adventure movie, like I said, but it's not necessarily an amazing Star Wars movie. Yeah, there's I think some that's valid. There are some interesting things, like the storyline between Kira and Maul, uh, that kind of stuff. But I felt like the movie was a little too much about explaining some of the more like interesting things of soul of han's past like how did he do the kessel run in less than 12 parsecs Mm-mm. and less than like the kessel run can't be done in, in less than 20 parsecs but he did it in 12 because he found a shortcut because so the exactly. whole thing is that there was tw- the 20 parsecs is the shortest route because the whole thing is that you have to get it off in, a, in like enough time to refine it right um and so he did it in 12 parsecs, giving them plenty of time, etc. Right. But it, to me, it felt like, and then his name, Han Solo, is really just the Star Wars version of a Jane Doe or John Doe. Or John Hancock. 
No, that was an actual person. But... Yes. John Doe is when you... In the movie Hancock, he says that the receptionist at the hospital asked for his John Hancock, and he thought that was his name. Because John Hancock is a is a thing, is a phrase, meaning your yes. name or signature or etc. Hell, you know what I'm saying. You. <laughs> I thought you used to be like you Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Anyways, I I don't know. It just felt like uh, so. As, as far as that, I will say probably the the line I found the most humorous was when he is talking to the marauders on that last planet and he's like trying to BS his way through it. He's like, I have a ship right over there and it's loaded with men and it at a word, they'll come pouring out and he looks over and then just Lando's flying off. The ship. He's just like, I had a ship over there. No, no. He, he like, cause he does the whole like wild West gunslinger, like yeah. waddle up and then he does it backwards and then he's like, okay, now you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was probably my, as far as like lines go, I thought that was probably the most humorous one in the movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. It it definitely like got the laugh out of me, which doesn't happen a lot in Star Wars. Um, but yeah, the line was pretty good. So yeah, to me, that's a good example of well-placed humor. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I want to say that Rio had some good lines, but I just don't remember any of them. <laughs> Rio seems to me like he would have been a great like father figure character. Like once. Uh. Uh-uh. Why not? Uh, he's. He's. That's not. You need to watch the movie again. That's, that's not his character. Uh, from what I can remember. He, to me, seemed like, out of the whole crew, he'd be the most responsible and the most, I'll take you under my wing. Yeah, but not in, like, a father figure way. In more of a, like, partner way. Rio would make a great co-pilot. Maybe. But, I mean, once you get Beckett out of the way and... You know, Beckett reveals his true colors. If Ryu were still around. Sad day. Yeah. Um. Then there's the love story between Han and Chewbacca. Okay. Who does that leave us? Favorite scene? Favorite moment. Yeah, they're the same thing. No, they're not. I've told you this. <laughs> The same thing. No, they're not. I've explained this. Listeners, you understand the difference between a moment and a scene, correct? Because I would think of Revenge of the Sith. Favorite moment? Like, a moment in that movie is escaping the Grievous' ship. But a single scene in in that movie would be the elevator, the fight with Dooku, landing the ship, the fight with the Magna Guards, etc. Everything on board... Tuku's ship. That's not a scene, though. That's a moment. Everything on board Dooku's ship would be a scene. No. Not in the terms of cinema. That's not how that works. <laughs> it's not at all how that works. 
We'll agree to disagree. No, you're incorrect. <laughs> you're fully incorrect about... No, 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 no. This is not how movies work. We will agree that you're incorrect and we'll move on. I think I found some buttons to push. My favorite moment in this movie is... I think it's the war scene. Um, oh. We cut from... Solo says some cheesy line about like, oh, how bad can it be? And then we cut to like the middle of a battle. And it was the first time we saw real war combat in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It was the first time we saw like war, like real war, not Star Wars war, which is like there's Jedi running around and it was like there are people with guns. There's people dying. There's it's trench combat. It's all like it is. It's like World War Two combat. In Star Wars, and I really, really liked it. Um, it's one of the things that I still like hold over from the first time I ever watched it. Was like, oh wow, like the first time we've seen like war in a Star Wars movie. It's really cool. Yeah, and you, it does. It brings up some interesting points because Han is just like, who are these people, and why are we fighting them? And and they use no, no, no. He straight up says, uh, he's like, I'm a little confused about our objective, and his CO is like, uh. The objective is, like, take the like take the place, um, eliminate the hostiles, and he's like, we're, we're this is their home planet. We're the hostiles, and like that's where like the click happens. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, they used it to to delve more seriously into the the issues, and I guess like the the larger meaning of and what the empire is supposed to represent. Yeah. Because if you listen to George Lucas talk about it in, like, the original series, uh, he has a lot to say about what Star Wars is really about. And space Nazis. Yeah. Made space pirates and uh, space space knights. Yes. Um, and it does seem to me like the all the Disney films... Even to an extent, Rogue One, even though it was a darker, grittier film, it does seem to me like a lot of the Disney films have kind of gotten away from that kind of deeper meaning and made it more just like, here's going to be a fun spectacle to watch that's Star Wars, which everyone likes. So, I did. I think I agree with you that that's probably my favorite. That or the, the final scene on the Crimson Dawn ship when they're fighting. I just, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of Easter eggs in that scene. Uh, but, you know, watching Dryden, Dryden Voss fight with those dagger things. Yeah, I also thought that last scene did a good job of... You really weren't sure where Kira was going to put her final loyalties. Yeah. Would she feel trapped by the Crimson Dawn and help Dryden Voss? Or would she risk herself and make herself a target by helping her old friend and fling. So I I did, or do neither and just take over, but she kind of did. No, she straight up killed Dryden Voss. Well, she did. And then she took over. (laughs) Uh, I have a feeling she was planning it the whole time. Oh, me too. Uh, but I, I did. I, I had trouble figuring out just exactly where she was going to uh, put herself. So I do like that scene a lot. 
Moment. Sorry, I like that moment. Final thoughts. No. How did this movie affect or influence Star Wars? Oh, in the meta, not well. Very negatively. Because it flopped, Disney has been very hesitant to do these kind of offshoot stories, which honestly, I think movie-wise, it's what Star Wars needs. Star Wars needs... They need to get away from the idea of doing the trilogies and... These longer stories that take multiple movies because right now their track record is not so hot. They need to I have mean, a plan. Is, they need to have a next single director. Anyway. Hmm? What is the next Star Wars movie? They don't have one. Not that, not that it was going to be Kenobi. And they broke that up to make it a TV show because Solo flopped so badly. They got cold feet when it came to movies. And right now, they they just have TV shows lined up. They don't really have any movies lined up. There are hints at a Taika Waititi movie. There's hints that Ryan Johnson really is going to get his own trilogy. There are hints at um, some other you know, trilogies. Rogue Squadron, I have a feeling, will get turned into a show. I mean, the rest of my initial assumption was that Rogue Squadron was going to be a show because it was announced at the same time that all their other TV shows were being announced, like Acolyte, Andor, Ahsoka, uh, Bad Batch, Boba Fett. I need to watch Bad Batch. I cannot wait for Visions Volume 2. So, uh, Visions was another one they announced at the same time. So... But Kenobi was going to be a movie. And then after Solo's flop, they nixed that. And then they eventually... But fans wanted a Kenobi thing so badly that they made a TV show out of it. But really, it should have been a movie. Yeah. Um, but I do think these like one-off stories are the way to go for Star Wars right now. Because then, if you did get a movie like The Last Jedi... It could be its own standalone thing, and then people would have really loved it. Uh, and then you can have directors kind of go off and really experiment and play around with their storytelling, the themes of the movie, all that stuff. I mean, yeah. Like, I, but, I want them to take Star Wars and do other things with it. Like, Visions was so good. It really does have to be an original. Because that was probably Solo's biggest detriment, was that it was an origin story of one of the most well-established characters in the franchise. And nobody wanted an origin story for Solo. But they got it anyways. And when you take that kind of thing and you give it the origin story, if it doesn't hit well, it it's going it to do exactly what Solo did. It's going to flop horrifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really difficult to get that kind of movie done well. Uh, I want to see a Stormtrooper movie. I would love to see a Stormtrooper movie. Uh, like, literally just do what they did with Aiden Versio in a movie. Yeah. Battlefront 2 could have been a movie. It really could have. Aiden Versio could have been Ray's mom. Maybe. Aiden and her... Love interest settled on Jakku. 
Baby and Palpatine. Why the heck would you settle on Jakku? I don't know. You don't. No one goes back you to You go Jakku. there and you sell your daughter for some drinking money. Supposedly. Really, you just go there to get murdered. But. Or to have a climactic battle in the, the war for resistance. <laughs> uh, which didn't even end the war. We were talking about Solo at some point. <laughs> we were. Well, we were talking about its effect on Star Wars and its... Uh, uh, in the meta, its effect on Star Wars has been very negative. I think within the lore and the universe, it didn't really do anything. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't think it really affected Star Wars all that much. All it did was take away the possibility of getting two really great actors in future Star Wars projects. Woody Harrelson and Paul Bettany. Yeah. Yeah. And John Faber-Raber. Even though he just made a new character anyway. Yeah. Which he'll just do again. Probably. Was he... Did he make any cameos in Mando or Boba Fett? In Mando, he was the... He was... I'm, I'm pretty sure he was Pav... I can't remember his name. He was the big, the big Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pav, Paz Vizsla was voiced by Favreau. Okay. Uh, what? That is in Boba Fett. Nope. Mandalorian. Seasons one and two. Yeah, but the char- same characters in Boba Fett. I three. forgot that Mandalorian season two point five was in the middle of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember they had the duel. Forgot about that. They dueled each other for ownership of the dark side. Cannot believe I forgot that that was in the middle of Boba Fett. You know what? I think you're off this podcast now. The best part of that show was not even Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. Man, they did him so wrong. They did. That show was so bad. It really was. Final thoughts on Star Wars: A Solo Story. No. <laughs> Sorry. Overall, a fun adventure movie. Not the best Star Wars movie. Did it deserve to flop? I don't think so. Uh, But does it deserve to uh, hold a place in my heart? No. That was a weirdly deep way to put that. Thank you. All in all, I really liked it. It's a movie that I'll watch again and enjoy again. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Adios. No, wait. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that is all we have time for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening. You can reach us at a2ta.humancyborgrelations at gmail.com. I almost forgot our email address. I was about to say humancyborgrelations.com at gmail.com. Um. And you can listen to us on Spotify, uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, which is a useless plug because you're already listening to us. But I thought it'd be fun to include. Um, It is fun to include. Most people might change what platform they use. Yeah. You should move to Spotify. It's the best platform out of all the ones I mentioned. 
Except Audible. Except even no, no. Spotify has audiobooks now. Anyway, they do. It, they do. It's weird. Um, you can reach us at the man. email with any questions, comments, concerns, advice. Are we gonna start an advice column? No, no, no. Segment an advice segment. Yes. All right. Uh, Stephen. Any last words? Just one. Don't say it. Alrighty. Adios. Alrighty. See you guys next time. Bye. Adios.